Welcome to the Blue Line Millennial Podcast. My name's Kevin, and I'll be your host. This episode brought to you by Tombstone Custom Works at Tombstone Custom Works on Instagram. Custom Kydex holsters and holsters in different patterns for different guns. Uh, website under construction. Uh, send me a DM on Instagram if you have any order questions. Uh, one other housekeeping item is I'm getting intro music. We're a legit podcast now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to play you a sample of that intro music. Uh, this is coming from Andy Hopkins. Uh, local recording artist, and this is what he's got so far. It's coming out of my phone, so it's not going to sound perfect. And that'll be the intro and outro music. I'm going to let Andy do his thing, though, if he wants to add, subtract, or uh, change that at all, by all means. Uh, I'd said previously that when I do episodes where it's just me talking, I'm going to try to keep it 10 to 20 minutes, and then I put out a 37-minute episode. Let me know on Facebook and Instagram. Like, comment, subscribe, uh, and let me know if if I'm going too long. Uh, I'm not going to take offense to it. It's actually going to help me out as I try and uh, figure out kind of the best... Uh, course of action going forward for this podcast interview episodes which i'm hoping to start those very soon um interview episodes i'm just going to let them go they they may be 30 minutes they may be two hours um podcasts that that are along those veins i mean the joe rogan podcast or joe rogan experience excuse me uh mic drop uh fieldcraft survival podcast those are uh, some of the ones that i listen to and i don't want to rush conversations with the people that I'm interviewing. I want to let that conversation develop naturally. So uh, again, I just wanted to get a few housekeeping items out of the way. This episode was not recorded on time. It's being recorded at about 930 on Monday night, um, June 15th. And there's a reason for that. I have been exhausted. Um, This podcast, just to clear the air on things, The point of this podcast is to bring you the experiences, opinions, and personal stories of law enforcement officers. The point of this podcast is to give you our point of view on things to the best of our ability. And I've been a little angry and I've been really exhausted. And I had, I worked one extra day. I worked um, nine days as opposed to, uh, some of my, my teammates and partners and coworkers and people around the country are putting up 15 to 20 days, um, depending on what's been going on in their cities. And we are tired. Um, this is probably where somebody in the comments would say something along the lines of, yo, you think you're tired and they're right. Uh, cops that say they're tired are right. Citizens that say they're tired are right. I used to think that, uh, that my job was this, uh, my go-to line was always my reality is not your reality. And I've changed that over the years as I've matured a little bit. My reality is not your reality, but yours is not mine either. They're both correct. I was trying to figure out what to do with this episode, um, it, it may get broken into two parts because there was just a whole lot of things jumbling around. And if I'm being completely honest, doing this podcast is almost cathartic in a way. 
it's uh it, doing these podcasts reminds me of, of that scene in uh in Harry Potter where Dumbledore uh clears his mind with the wand and uh, and puts all of his bad thoughts into the the little pensive dish uh that's kind of what I feel like with these podcasts one thing that I kind of preach about is mental health today I had to take a mental health day my agency offers 10 hours that's a that's one shift um to hey no questions asked you need to go clear your head you need to do whatever uh go forth and do it I have slept terribly the past few nights um with emotions and thoughts and just everything. I mean, it's, it's been keeping me awake and I'm sure that there's, uh, tens of thousands of police officers out there that, um, that feel the same. The, uh, the thing about me talking about mental health is that it kind of leads into what I will discuss in this episode, which is the defund the police movement. Um, I've had some people try and explain it to me that defund doesn't really mean defund. You may hear some clicking in the background as I uh, just go back and forth on my desktop. Uh, defund the police. Defund is defined as to prevent from continuing to receive funds. What people I think, what I've been told they're asking for is not to have every police officer turn in their gun and their badge uh, hey, come collect your last paycheck next Thursday, and we're going to sell all the police cars and shut down and board up all the police precincts, and we're going to take every penny that was going into law enforcement and reallocate it to everything else. I think what people are asking is to reallocate some of the funds. My opinions on that are varied. My opinions on that are certainly not going to be supported by everybody listening to this podcast. Um, I will say I'm, I'm very happy to hear that some people who I wouldn't have ordinarily thought would listen to this sort of a podcast, uh, coming from a law enforcement officer are listening to it while they eat breakfast. Um, I've got cops, um, that are brand new and I've got cops that are post, uh, you know, retirement listening to this. I've got people on both sides of the political aisle that listen to this podcast. And I'm hoping to keep it that way. Um, reallocation of funds. San Francisco has now put out that the police will no longer respond to certain criminal um, violations or certain rather even non-criminal violations, I think is what it specifically said. I'm never one to support what the city of San Francisco does. Uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of their policy model as a city. Um, but damn it, sign me up. There are certain calls that police departments do not need to keep going to. Why are certain things illegal? You know, in some states, if you catch a fish in a community fishing pond, like in a community park, past, say, whatever their curfew time is or whatever time the park close, uh, let's say 10 o'clock, uh, you will be charged a monetary amount for every fish that you've caught past the time you are to stop fishing. Now, I would assume if I had somebody from a fish and wildlife uh, agency here, they would explain to me why that's necessary to prevent overfishing. Um, I, I get that. But do 
we need to expend police resources in going to the canals. If you've never been in a metropolitan Phoenix, there's what's called the Central Arizona Project Canal that runs through the entire city. Uh, it branches off uh, a few different ways. It goes through various water treatment plants. Uh, people fish in the canal. There are signs posted on the canals uh, as as they cross roads and whatnot, or excuse me, go under roads. Um, there's you know it's no trespassing and no fishing. If you want to eat whatever twisted mutant fish comes out of a canal, have at it. My usual standpoint on things is just leave people alone. There are plenty of cops that would tell you that I'm lazy, that that's an easy stat uh, to go over there and not even write them a ticket, but just have a, a subject stop contact. I don't care. If you want to fish the canal, fish the canal. A lot of people I know personally that fish the canal put the, the, the little mutant fish right back, and they're not, they're not actually mutants. Those are the ones that haven't been caught yet. Um, if you fall into the canal, though, understand, if you fall into the canal while you're fishing, you made the decision to fish. You fall into the canal. That, sorry. We'll try and get somebody to you. Your phone's probably not going to work. Hopefully a bystander sees you. Um, we could talk about reallocation of funds through criminal justice reform. We could talk about reallocation of funds by not asking the police departments of this nation to do all the various things they are asked to do. One thing I tell people uh, is when I'm contacting them uh, for whatever reason is that I, I wear a lot of hats, and there are officers that I work with that do a lot more than I do. I'm a crisis intervention officer. I'm a patrol officer. I'm a field narcotics officer. That just means that I carry these fancy little science kits with me and I get to test uh, methamphetamine and cocaine and marijuana and say that they are in fact methamphetamine, cocaine, or marijuana. Um, but there are officers who do those things on top of being DUI officers and SWAT officers and they're involved with the union, uh, they're involved with various outreach programs, I'm all for having dedicated crisis response people respond to scenes. Um, indeed, certain, even as a crisis intervention officer, there's only so much that I'm capable of. And it's not uh, beyond the realm of possibilities for me to get my phone and call the direct line to a mobile crisis team and have a crisis a response unit. They're not law enforcement. It's typically um, uh, like a, a, met a mental health professional, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, somebody trained in counseling, and uh, an EMT. Um, there's, uh, I believe it's Dallas that sends a police officer, an EMT, and a counselor uh, to each call. So with that, are you reallocating funds within a police department that says, hey, instead of the recruiting vehicle we want to buy to stick out at college uh, job fairs and, and so on, it's a $50,000 vehicle plus the wrap and plus the emergency lighting system. Let's use that instead to buy a just an unmarked Ford Explorer, put a computer in it, um, 
put a maybe a split cage. Uh, uh, one thing I'm also trying to work on uh, as an aside break fourth wall break here um, is remember I said there's some people that listen to this that aren't cops, so I need to sometimes define things. If if I ever fail to um, to explain something, leave a comment. Let me know like, hey, what is a split cage? So you, a split cage, for instance, in the back of a police car is the where where the arrestee sits is referred to as a cage. Um, it's got bars on it. There's really no other reason to it. We're not treating them as circus animals, despite what a lot of people may think. It's a cage. So a split cage is just a single cell or a single seat of that back seat. Uh, I prefer the split cage. There was that time that a certain federal agency put two people in the back of my Tahoe, and then they started making out. But that's another story for another day. Uh, we'll have Kevin's story time later. Um, use a split cage just for the safety of people, whether or not you like it. Um, when you talk to people who suffer from uh, paranoid schizophrenia or uh, some other serious uh, mental illness, they may tell you that they are afraid. I've had plenty of frank conversations with people, and in their moment of clarity, they're afraid of me. They're afraid of how the police department's going to respond to them if they're not on their medication, if their medication makes them feel worse. Um, for whatever reason, if they're not inclined to, to take whatever prescription drug has been thrown at them to try and fix their, uh, their problem, they're afraid of, of how they act. And they often understand that they can be violent. We can't discount that. Whatever we do going forward, defunding, reallocating, let's not discount the safety of the people that we're asking to step up to the plate. Should police officers go out to every mental health call? No, but you better believe that if two unarmed crisis counselors go out to a group home and the the meme that's going around is a naked 380-pound sweaty guy, if that dude comes to the door and, because he's not in his right mind, starts bum-rushing these two crisis counselors, who are they going to call? I would caution against completely removing law enforcement agencies from the equation. Law enforcement agencies do a lot more than pull people over for busted taillights. We work to stop the trafficking of children. We work to stop the trafficking of narcotics as they come across the border. I'm, I, I'm not even talking about marijuana. We'll get into that. I, I think a lot of people can agree that heroin is a god-awful drug, and methamphetamine is a god-awful drug, and cocaine is fun. I mean, cocaine is a god-awful drug. Um, and we don't want our children exposed to those. We don't want our neighbors exposed to those drugs. Um, although I will say somebody on heroin, probably the easiest person to get along with because they're sleepy. Somebody on methamphetamine, not the same, and then the people on basalt eat faces. Um, we do a lot more than just what's on the surface. And I think that uh, we know that. We don't know if everybody else knows that. I had to delete Facebook. I I've been cautioned against having Facebook, but I have family across the world uh, in three or four different countries, and the only way for me to remain connected with them is through social media or email. But who emails? I mean, really. 
I think I have 784 unread emails just because they're all, you know, oh, hey, you're, you're 10% ends tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and I get another email like this at, at any rate, again. Be careful what you ask for. At some point in time, you're going to need somebody with a badge and a gun to show up and solve a problem. You don't like it. Sometimes we don't like it. But somebody's got to step up to the plate. Some of us have chosen to step up to the plate. Those of us that have made that decision, we truly want to help you. Going back to defunding the police, they, it, the one thing that keeps being brought up is, uh, is mental health um, and solving, or rather, not solving, but, but working through even violent confrontations without law enforcement involvement. I hate to break it to you. You're never going to legislate an end to evil. It's not going to happen. Since man first crawled out of his little cave, looked up, saw a banana that he wanted to eat, or saw a saber-toothed tiger that he wanted to hunt down, and another dude crawled out of another cave and said, no, I'm going to take that saber-toothed tiger. And then one of them bashed the other one upside the head with a rock. Violence is a part of the human condition. And there are some people who do not value human life. And this is where a lot of people will cry out, yeah, like cops. False. There are police officers that have failed to value human life. There are police officers who are writing a blank check every day they put a uniform on because they value human life more than their own. You can say, well, that's what you signed up for. Kevin, you signed up to die. Wrong. I signed up truly thinking I would be able to make a difference. And despite all the salty vets out there, and despite all the police TV shows, which I don't even watch anymore because it's just frustrating. So inaccurate. Um, Despite all the times I've been told like, oh, you'll get over that. I haven't. There's a whole lot of more like me out there. What ultimately broke the camel's back, as it were, for me getting rid of Facebook was a quote-unquote friend who reposted a very long post from somebody, and maybe he didn't read the whole thing. What I've been told is that when people post things, oh, Kevin, they're not thinking about you, yet they're reposting things that say all cops are bastards. Or this one that led to me getting rid of uh, the Facebook app off of my phone. Every good cop will get to a point where they don't hesitate to put their knee on somebody's neck. I don't know what to say to you if you believe that. A lot of people have said, oh, well, in an effort to educate myself, I'm going to do this kind of research. I put out on my personal Facebook page, and I'll put out to uh, the airwaves, those of you who know me, if you want to educate yourself, and you want to go on a ride-along. My agency is currently case-by-case. Still restricted due to COVID, as I'm sure most agencies are around the country. But part of educating yourself 
is not educating yourself only on one side of a matter. Come see the world through my windshield. Because if you haven't, you may not understand why we act the way we act. Why we always sit with our backs to the wall in a restaurant. Why we only eat at places where we can watch people make our food. Why when we're typing paper uh, paperwork and we're into our fourth report, we just want to get it done, we're not buckling down like we're writing a college paper. We're writing a few words or a few sentences and then we're still scanning our environment. And you can see us interact with the public. And sure, a few of you will remain staunch in your opposition and you will say, nope, they're just putting on a show because I'm sitting in the car. And I don't have an argument for you. Not right now. And I may never have an argument for you. But if you truly want to be educated on what's going on, that's a, that's a three-dimensional environment. Come sit in my car. If nothing else, if nothing goes on that day, which for those of you that have been on a ride-along or for those of you that are listening that are police officers that have had ride-alongs, you know the curse of the rider in that nothing happens when people come on ride-alongs because the universe or whatever says, nah, we're not going to give him a show. Uh, my dad would beg to differ. Uh, he's been on a number of ride-alongs with me, and he's seen it all from mind-numbing boredom uh, to just absolute balls to the wall. We're responding to a, a shooting at a house party, or we're responding to a burglary in progress, and their suspect is armed, yada, yada, yada. You may be surprised what you see. At the very least, you're going to get two to ten hours with a cop. You have a captive audience. Ask them questions. I would recommend you ride with somebody you know. Um, if, if you're elsewhere listening to this, uh, you know, reach out to whatever jurisdiction is close to you and, and ask them. Um, they, again, they may still be under COVID restrictions. If you know me personally, uh, no offense to those of you that don't know me personally, but if you know me personally, uh, and you're in town or, or you're, you're local and you want to come out, just let me know, shoot me a text message, send me an email, bluelinemillennial at gmail.com. And I'll work on getting you into my car. You may be surprised. We're not evil people. We bleed, we cry, we have bad days just like everyone else. Outside of 40 hours a week, I'm just like you. Hell, I'm sitting in a bathrobe right now recording this. If you truly want to be educated, then educate yourself. But you can't just be educated by people who think the same way as you. I, I had a supervisor suggest to me, hey, you can't keep going to your partner for questions that you have. Because after three years of working together, side by side, well, almost three years, you two think a lot alike. And in certain situations, that's very good. He and I can read each other without really even talking. But those of you that have worked closely in a team environment, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, where... Uh, you know, we're we're going through clearing a building, uh, or we're doing a high risk traffic stop on a on a 
a felony assault suspect or whatever the case may be. Uh, my teammates and I that have worked together for a long time feed off of each other really well. The supervisor recommended, hey, ask somebody else. You might be surprised at the answer. And damn it if she wasn't right. Uh, I think I, I owe that supervisor a little bit more credit uh, that I may have given her. This episode was uh, was kind of all over the place. Thank you for staying with me. I want to leave you with this. Um, we're not... A lot of people have a lot of different thoughts about us. I say us. A lot of people have a lot of different thoughts about police officers. Are there asshole cops? Yes. Just like every other profession. We're under the microscope a little bit more. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with somebody holding me accountable. I'm okay with citizen review boards because oftentimes citizens on the review boards will look at something and go, well, why? Perhaps in the next episode, we'll talk about Atlanta and the shooting that occurred outside the Wendy's there. That would be a, a perfect case where I've already had somebody where they said, uh, they, they remarked something about the, the Atlanta shooting and I presented an argument to them that they hadn't heard. Maybe they didn't care. I don't know. But by and large, the good cops are still out there. To those good cops that are out there, I know you're tired. God, I know you're tired. I know you're frustrated. You've probably been fishing out the resume that you used to get hired into your dream job and you're trying to figure out what the hell else to do with your life. Put some polish on your boots. Wipe your badge off. Put your uniform and your vest back on. Get your keys and go back to work. We are not in it to be Superman. We're not in it for recognition or awards, or the fruit salad ribbons on our chest. We don't do this for ourselves. We were called upon to serve. The vast majority of us, I can't explain it. I can't. Because sometimes people just don't understand, and that's okay. I was called to be a servant to the public, to be a servant to my fellow human beings. You can see me as a pawn, and that that's fine. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna put my uniform on 40 hours a week. I'm still gonna come when you need help. And the bottom line is, when you need us, we will be there every time. This has been another episode of Blue Line Millennial. Stay safe. I'll see you on the road.